0: yeah we're recording doing it. in progress it's happening all right here we go it's the mediocre foil cast i'm matt here in my shop in
1: north charleston nick where are you i am in my home office on james island for the second time today
0: oh jesus he's getting podcast fatigue oh my and god we're doing it we're doing an interview and we got chris fucking sizemore here say hi to everyone chris
2: hi everyone <laughs> <laughs> Chris, Chris is enthusiastic. To to
0: the <laughs> These guys are both getting ready to go to oil, so I think they're a little bit antsy.
2: Yeah, we should have done um, this post-session. Yeah, uh, right.
1: <laughs>
0: honey,
1: I got a good yesterday, so I'm feeling the stoke right now. Oh, you did? Did you go out yesterday? Yeah,
0: I did, yeah. I didn't even know that. It was fun. It was good. Where, did you, Chris?
2: No, I skipped yesterday. I was just toasted from like a three-day runner
0: yeah copy that nice
2: i thought you were kiting
0: yeah i don't i did a downwinder the whole island and mm, the best i can say is we didn't die the the wind totally fucking died mid-island we we landed our kites and stood around and waited for the wind to come back up and then just kind of nursed it around the pier and um Limped into the county park. <laughs> <was> Yikes! <laughs> it's yeah. the worst. Yeah, but that's life, man. A, a a bad downwinder really isn't that terrible. Yeah, a lot worse. Both side off. Yeah, that's what happened. The north end, I think, stayed strong. It just it started toggling a little more side off. Just got real weird right on the beach. Anyway, so Chris i'll i'll introduce chris a little better here um i met him just last summer this fucking guy started foiling. is that right chris
2: ah dude uh last september
0: morning. oh last september it's been a year in september uh, okay well it's been a very short time for you to get to your your level of foiling. so good on you the
2: you've level hit, of you've mediocrity had-
0: yeah, you arrived you arrived pretty much straight away. It took Nick and I fucking years to get there.
1: Dude, it took us forever. It was brutal. That's because oh, y'all oh, told me what it to, is.
2: Y'all told me what to do. You probably saved me so much money in just buying random gear.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the whole purpose of this fucking <laughs> podcast is to maybe help other people do that. Cause we didn't have that at all. You know?
2: Well, no one did when y'all started, did did Yeah.
0: They? We just had our own weird theories
2: right <laughs> no <laughs> not you
0: fortunately nick has a theory for everything
1: <laughs> I, mean, I try to
2: <laughs> all right so let's hear a little bit more about chris um chris where do you live now i live on james island but on the other side of the island from nick so i'm closer to to john's island
0: over there um, towards the stone yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, the Stono and Wapu Cut. Nice. So, yeah, I just uh, got a pump wing for that specific reason, because I can, like, walk to the boat landing over here, so.
0: Oh, right on. In your neighborhood?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, That's at least come, cool. I
0: want to come watch that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be brutal. I want to watch, too. I don't want to do it. I think <laughs> I got I got Kai hyped on it and Jackson's hyped on it, so I'm sure he will be rescued very soon. Yeah, we need need to just
0: set up a webcam so we can watch it from five (laughs) CFR house.
2: Yeah, I mean, I impulsively bought it because it was uh, flat for like three days, and uh, I was like, I need to get on the water, (laughs) so I haven't used it yet. I showed it to Nick. It's like, God, it's got to be over four foot wide in span. (laughs) It's amazing what happens to us these
1: days when we don't get to go foiling, when we're not surfing for like three whole days,
2: like it's brutal, like three days out of the water. It's like an eternity. Dude, you got to scratch the itch, man.
0: Yeah, that's probably the only downside of foiling that I've seen is your tolerance for um, flat spells just goes through the floor, man.
2: Right. Um, So where did you grow up, Chris? I grew up in Western Virginia, not West Virginia, in the Appalachian Mountains, uh, right off Interstate seventy-seven.
0: Sounds
2: like West Virginia. I, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I have all my teeth. Thank you. (laughs) Um, yeah, I grew up like snowboarding and skating. Um, I wasn't even really into surfing, um, mainly because I was like five hours from a beach. And then, yeah, I moved to Charleston after I graduated college, met my wife here, and did a little stint in, down south and back here for the last three, almost three and a half years.
0: Yeah, so don't be shy. You lived in Mexico for a while, and you you really got into surfing since you moved here and lived down there, right?
2: Yeah, well, I'm, I, like I said, I moved here after college and then met my wife, and she was a good surfer, so I had to get good fast, and yeah. she was going to leave me, so... <laughs> uh, <laughs> we got married and pretty much like sold everything and drove a very questionable van that I bought off of uh, one of my buddies for 600 bucks uh, Like I think it was like 30,000 miles through through all the tope field land of Mexico hiding the topes in the shade and then there's a mechanic right after just waiting to see if he yeah. going <laughs> so yeah oh, we yeah. did we did three years there and um, my wife got pregnant. We were actually in Costa Rica when she found out in the middle of the jungle, almost to Panama. And uh, yeah, basically just packed everything in the van. We got back to Mex and drove home. So That was, it was a right,
0: good... right when the pandemic was starting to happen too, wasn't it? Or no, no was this was
2: like, what was it? So we went down on my daughter's first birthday. And when we came back, that was when all the hype I remember coming back on the plane and it was like empty. We were like, "Wait, what? COVID?" Yeah. So okay. we were like a year, yeah, a year before all the madness.
1: Man, so 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 you got stuck with us here in South Carolina and couldn't scratch that surface anymore. <laughs> yeah, and, I came uh, back to
2: fall. and I was like, "What am I going to do now? <laughs> what am I <we> going to do?" Boiling, <laughs> eh? <laughs> well, first it was kiting. Kiting was like a means to an end, and yeah. It, it, um, forced me to kind of swallow my, uh, narcissistic surf ego and be a kook again. And, you know, just kind of look at the ocean differently. And then, yeah, it was kind of just down the rabbit hole. I bought a big kite, big kite sucked to, to fly. It's like dr- driving a Greyhound bus. So I was like, well, what now? And got a foil so I could kite light wind days and pump my nine meter when it was blowing, like, I don't know, 10 knots. And then, yeah, I actually bought like a prone setup, but it was, I tried it like probably four or five times and I was just like, this is terrible. Like this, I was just kooking. <clears throat> so I was like, oh, whatever. And I put it in the shed and then- um, Oh, really? What setup was that? I actually still have it. It's, uh, it's that Cabrina that you guys first yeah. saw me on. Uh, okay. Um, so I'd ended up, that was the same, uh, I think it's called the Varial large. It's gotta be over like 1600 low aspect, thick foil section, um, big, heavy aluminum mast. So I got that um, in hopes that I would be able to prone foil, but I was terrible at it. And then, yeah, just had some buddies that wanted to kind of learn together. And um, that's when I saw you guys at County Park and I was on that like thick 510 and that the old Cabrina setup, just super kooking. And y'all are like, what are you riding? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so but we, we were
0: nice to you though right
2: i mean other than like you threatening to slash my tires yeah you're pretty nice no y'all were, y'all were nice and i mean you um you were the one that found that unifoil setup on facebook marketplace oh yeah
0: that's you right. hooked
2: it up with that so that was kind of when it started to click i was kind of going down the line and I don't know, doing whatever you do when you start. And then when I got on the high aspect gear, I was able to kind of figure out the long uphill battle of learning to pump. And then, yeah, just down the rabbit hole. Now I'm on Takuma, just got that axis pump wing. Um, Yeah, (laughs) I'm in it, I guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man, no, you're in it more than anyone I've seen. Like the, the way you dialed your equipment, and in your skills at the pace you've done, super, super impressive, man, I gotta say.
2: I mean, Sorry. honestly, like, I know you guys, like you have a pretty heavy surf background with an emphasis in shortboarding, but mine was more longboarding and like weird, like mini Simmons and mid-length stuff. So I feel like the, the turning, like the, the angle that I can turn is very similar to like, like a mid-length and maybe mm-hmm. a log um, more so than like a snappy shortboard. So it felt comfortable to like, once I started turning, I was like, Oh, this kind of feels familiar to what I was riding when I was, when I was surfing, I, was, I still surf, but yeah. When the conditions call for it.
0: Yeah. Same. I want to, I want to yeah. stay that way.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's important, you know, I kind of, you know, went down the rabbit hole at the foil thing, but I want to be the guy that like has the tools in the You know, in your in your tool bag, and I can just look at the conditions and let the conditions dictate what tool I use.
1: Well, you certainly are a tool bag. (laughs) Yeah, nice. Uh, That's
0: uh, that's a great contribution. (laughs) I guess
2: I uh, walked into that one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) so
1: so chris it sounds like you're you're saying that that like early progression like i don't know it sounds like your first times you know like your first like year maybe foiling like didn't really stick um and i
2: wouldn't even say a year man i'd say like i mean it it was like four four or five sessions
1: gotcha yeah yeah.
2: and it's Um, i think it's that because i already had the surfing skill set and you have to give up so many of those like good or like marginal surf days to to go through the progression of learning to foil that i would just like opt for surfing because it was comfortable to me yeah um i i've i've definitely
1: seen that in in other people in their progression like you know like anytime like i'm talking to like a surfer on the beach who has a foil and they're like oh yeah i have a foil you know like i'm trying to get i haven't really gotten it Like my, it's unfortunate, but like my number one piece of advice is like you have to hang up the longboard for a period of time, like three months, six months. Like you have to really commit, like put away that board, don't touch it and be foil only because like you, and especially in the beginning when your skill set isn't that versatile, I feel like you need those days, uh,
2: especially the good days. Yeah. I mean, best advice is just to like swallow your ego and suffer through it because it doesn't it's not easy it's not an easy progression and everything feels foreign except for the wave but even the way that you look at the wave like you kind of develop foil eyes for foiling conditions and you have to like you have to um learn that how to look at the waves with a different perspective too so
0: yeah and that can be one of the hardest things to get that vision of what to look for um (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah for sure yeah it's it's way different but um i mean i think wave knowledge like knowing what wave is to go on and kind of like just being already in tune with like tides and swell like you kind of already got that part dialed it's just like you know you're not going to take off on one that's top to bottom on a f- maybe he will i won't but uh take off on a wave that's like barreling top to bottom No, we're all, we're all trying to avoid those yeah. <laughs>
0: I get what you're saying though you know with foiling and then wing foiling too your quiver basically becomes complete you know as long as you have everything in your truck you can show up on any day and you are gonna have the right thing
2: yeah know, I mean even kiting on. even kiting too man like we've got some really good slicks here for twin tipping and there's days where just riding a surfboard's fun because you can basically tow at waves and just like blast turns, which is super fun. Lean against yeah. the kite, um, and then I mean, yeah, surfing's still relevant too. I mean, it's kind of few and far between, but uh, I mean, when it is good, like we've had a couple sessions during hurricane season, where we were like, dude, we were on the wrong equipment, like just because mm-hmm. we were, you know, hadn't been surfing, and then to go back and forth is kind of weird because you don't have all that like. Stuff under you when you're surfing. It's like you're too far on the board, standing up offset, like I stand up on my prone board, digging rails. Like it's just a different, different mindset. It's definitely hard
1: to go back. Yeah, it is, man.
2: I couldn't imagine like jumping on a proper shortboard right now. And I would just be like day one, start over. But I mean, you can kind of cheat a little bit with a mid length or a longboard, even a grobbler. Like I had a session on my mini Simmons through the summer. I was within, like, four or five ways, I was kind of, like, getting back into it, so.
0: Yeah, I think you need your reps, you know, and I think if you live in a place where you do get to go back and forth a lot, it's a lot, like, my brother has no problem really doing it um, Yeah, in Oregon, he doesn't talk about it anymore anyway, he just, whatever's the right thing to do that day, he does it, and. Yeah,
2: I mean, it seems like a lot of the dudes in Hawaii, who are, like, you know, when winter's on, they're, like, just getting shacked and going, right back and forth, and then just, yeah. Riding foils when it's not ideal conditions, which is cool because, like, if you are a frother and you want to get in the water every day, it opens up that possibility. Totally, yeah.
0: It's just having the right tool for the job. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, right Right out of Nick's tool bag.
0: (laughs) So, I know the answer to this question. Probably, what's your what's your favorite version of foiling? of all the different ways to do
2: it it, e-foiling for sure (laughs) (laughs) doc starting your e-foil i love doc starting my e-foil um (laughs) yeah Proning for sure uh i've never cussed a sport like i've cussed winging and still do it's like you're either having a blast or you just like hate it and I remember it wasn't your last session, but it was a session oh, yeah. you had with Adam.
0: Yeah, and you want to talk about my last session? I'm so mad at you for that,
2: <laughs> dude. I thought it would help. <laughs> so we <laughs> we I just paid that. It was it, it was right. pretty good. Did you? Yeah. It was pretty good conditions, and um, it was like one of the probably one of the last cells we'll have until yeah. spring, I would assume. Yeah. Um, and we decided to wing. There was a little swell in the water, and I thought that it would be easier to run a down winger and take the upwind element out of it. And uh, yeah, I mean, you made it like to third. Yeah, I, think, I was already right? pretty that's... gassed when we started. Right? I mean, yeah, yeah we It like was an, my fault. How... But,
0: yeah, and I had a time crunch. I just need someone to blame. So, it's really... <laughs>
2: but yeah, I mean, that's that was one of those sessions where. I was having fun because I was, I was riding the 1095 and it just has so much more speed. Um, so just trying to like figure out what those downwind guys are talking about when they're talking about, you know, finding the lumps and finding the crosses between the swell and the wind swell. Um, I'm still trying to get that dial, but I do have moments where, you know, I have, I guess, level, level up where I can see it.
0: Yeah. And then with the wing, see it's, see
2: it. <laughs> well, and with the wing it's nice because you can push it. You can like, you know you can push it to where you feel like you're about to drop out and then just like grab the wing and power back up so i think it's like a cheat code into downwinding i think
0: yeah i th- i agree yeah that's how i'm planning on just getting the vision because it is a vision that you know as much as you've surfed or kited or whatever it's another look that you need to figure out of the ocean you know yeah.
2: Yeah, and I think it's 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 a lot more strategy than it is just, like, wave knowledge because you're essentially riding a lump that doesn't look anything remotely like a wave. Yeah. So I think it's the strategy that gets guys super into it and just that game. Like, you're basically playing a game with the ocean. Um, yeah, cool. So I think that's all in our futures for better or worse.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe y'all. I, I don't know. I, I, I still can't bring myself to, like... I don't know downwind on the wing it's just like i don't know I, I i always end up like too focused on like the like upwind skate park aspect like there's like i don't know but there's, that's probably your selling waves. background it well it, it it definitely is And like it's a habit i got from kiting i think yeah and it's like, tw- like like towards the end of kiting like being on wave and going downwind and like hacking at waves all the time is exhausting So I got into like a lot of upwind rhythms as a method of like, like cooling my body down and catching my breath. And, you know, I I could only like be on wave for 30 seconds and then I would need like a minute upwind to catch my breath, cool back down, you know, steady myself and then go at it again. So I just stopped doing downwinders, even kiting. And I don't know. I feel, I feel like I still have a lot of that mentality, in winging um you know just like i have a mental block against going downwind in my starting point i just don't like it
2: (laughs) yeah see i I started doing downwinders just so i didn't have to stay upwind i had an electric skateboard and i go park my car and ride the skateboard back up and just run downies. um nice but it was always a goal like I, i just wanted to use the wing to tow myself into lumps And that's kind of what I've been doing. Like, I don't even switch my feet. I'm such a kook. I should like learn how to switch my feet and go the other way.
1: (laughs) I don't switch my feet either. Yeah. I don't know. I uh,
2: switching feet is overrated. I just don't want to like, like, especially in a Southwest, I'm regular footed. So I don't want to be riding switch and then like see a wave. I want to top turn on and then blow that foot switch and then blow the whole wave. Yeah. So I just, huh? Don't blow it i mean that's that's the goal right
0: i'm in that same situation kiting on the northeast you just gotta not fuck it up
2: yep simple that's all that's all surfing is like just don't fall down you'll be fine you gotta take your entire lifetime to figure out how to do that
0: yeah right (laughs) (laughs) well i want to get back to this question you didn't answer it um what's your favorite version we know it's not winging, and more importantly, what's what's your favorite thing about it?
2: Um, I like to prone foil the most, but but I mean, but I mean like
1: within prone foiling, yeah, like like runners, inlet, washi, glassy, sparkly.
2: Um, I don't really prioritize it. I just like I said. I mean, you just kind of got to go with what the conditions call for. I mean, definitely. I don't know, man. I've been having like a lot of fun doing runners recently and just trying, I mean, we're all kind of in, I don't know if y'all talked about it or not, but we're all in the race to do the whole Island. So that's kind of like my priority right now is just like, I've started doing like interval running and stuff to try to control my heart rate and just waiting for those that day where it's nuke and North and we can try to do the whole Island. However, that day that you had the wing mare, I was like mentally walking myself through like what it would actually take to do the whole Island while I was, while we were winging
0: uh-huh.
2: and dude, it's going to be so gnarly. Like, well, I,
0: have you, what's your record so far? Do you know your longest? run.
2: Um, so w- whenever I jumped onto Kuma, I've definitely had a progression bump on runners. Um, and we haven't, I'm curious to go through a winner now with this gear. Cause last winter I was on the uni gear and uh this is a much stiffer system i was on old uni stuff i guess they're like katana their new katana mast is insane so but with what i have now i haven't had like a primo north day but i had one from like 11th to third east the other day and uh that was about as far as i want to walk back up yeah. And I felt like I could have kept going I kind of hit a dead spot and I could have like just pumped downwind. Cause I still had some cardio left in me, but I noticed that I was so far down. I was like, dude, that's going to take me like 30 minutes to walk back up. So,
0: yeah. You know, I feel like the, the mindset of knowing you're, you're about to walk compared to having car set up. It's a, it's a totally different animal. Cause if, if you were doing that, that run say on that wave and you had a car parked out in the county park like 15 more blocks mm-hmm. you would already be conserving energy in a different way because when that waves over the only thing left to do is to catch another wave,
2: right like well you, and you don't even, need to get a break at all i feel like it's going to definitely change the way that you ride the wave like yeah. i like to kind of you know pump up wind some and like do turns that aren't really optimal for like covering ground yeah. And I think that you have to switch that mentality to be like, hey, I got one chip, you know, I'm going to do this whole island on foil, like whatever you can take, any moment that you can breathe and just relax. And even like changing your feet to avoid like muscle fatigue, all that's going to be super important.
0: Yeah. And I feel like the first 30 seconds to you need to train to not that first 30 seconds is crucial to not gas yourself, you know?
2: Yeah. And that's been another thing too, man. I've been, cause I don't know, you get so hyped when you get on foil, you're just like frothing. Right. And like, I've done it before in sessions. I'll just start screaming if I see one that I can backdoor <laughs> and I need to like, <laughs> I need to like chill and like almost be more in like a meditative state in totally. order to like not just gas yourself when you see a good wave and just try to like stand up, get on foil and be like, all right, now let's be calm. You know, yeah. And yeah, it is so hard to do that, especially if, yeah, if you haven't had a session in a while, you're just like frothing and want to like rip hard turns and do the whole way. Not- really.
0: <laughs> I also think you're, you guys are set up to be really successful at that because you guys really fuck with your gear a lot. And I, I also feel like to succeed in actually downwinding, you got to really be have your tune pretty dialed. You're not just going to jump out like me on my pro board and knock the island out. You know it's going to need to be pretty dialed yeah. in.
1: Well, yeah, it's- I, I, I don't. I don't know about that. I think that like, like we have to tune more because we are a lot farther from like the original design parameters of most foil manufacturers. Like, I think like the closer you are to like 150, 160. Like the yeah. more a stock setup is going to be fine. Right. And like, like, like I personally, like every foil I get on, I have to tune it for my weight. I have to like tune it for more speed um to like squeeze that out of it.
2: So. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, um definitely heavier, people have to optimize for different things like i probably that's probably why i like the 1210 more than the 1095 cuz i'm at that like 190 uh, weight and you know matt's a bit lighter and you're a bit heavier so it's um, it's also i mean i think it's it's kind of funny that it's in our personalities too like i can't even get matt or either the freaking takuma much less like shimatell I know. And, and then like <laughs> Nick, Nick just goes down these like rabbit holes of gear. <laughs> well, Which dude, is rad. I don't
1: know. Yeah, you're right there right now buying fucking DocStart shit. Yeah, anyways. Jesus. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. I think I mean I mean honestly though, like Chris, I think that 1095, like high I feel like that is is gonna be the downwind ticket for you instead of that 1210 because it's going to force you to be in that like not pumping up wind mentality It's it's going to like force you into the right mentality more right because it's going to give you a few a couple less options where like the only option is going downwind right yeah, it's, it's going probably. to trick you into not pumping up wind anymore
2: i mean i don't even have a downwind board so i'm i'm like probably a year out from even trying that and then you know just looking at like i only have have a data point of one year because I've only been doing this for one year. So, yeah. but within that time frame, I've only seen maybe half a dozen like true downwind days. So I think it's one of those things that you like. You're not necessarily optimizing for because it's not in the cards. Like it's not. We don't have any like crazy Hawaii downwinders here. Yeah. Where it's blowing like thirty knots at your back ever. Well,
1: and I don't know. This is an area where the three of us disagree a little bit, right? I. I, I don't think true downwinding is a thing here. Um, you know, like, I don't know, like on, on, on that other foiling podcast, it talk about like Jacksonville and their conditions. And like, I, I feel like the difference between Jacksonville and like a real downwind spot, there's the same level of difference between here and Jacksonville, right? Like we have like more continental shelf, we have like more depth gradient affecting the waves and it definitely makes the wave like pivot to a more onshore direction. So like, like places with like a thousand feet of water right offshore are going to be like great down, downwind conditions because they don't have any depth gradient. So that swell is always moving more side shore, Whereas places where there's more depth gradient, which we have like the worst, Right, it's like sixty feet deep, fifteen miles offshore. Like that, that that swell is going to pivot onshore more, I think. Yeah, and it's going to be harder and harder to get those true size shore conditions. So, like, I think we're we're always going to be like doing runners, and like I don't think we're ever going to be far out enough where like a real downwind board is an advantage over something where you can just like paddle in like hundred feet and chip again.
2: See, but I think like, I know those guys in Jacksonville are definitely riding like swell, swell and wind swell, but I do think that there's a point where there's going to be enough wind blowing to, to create wind swell at the surface where the depth doesn't matter as much. And you're going to be able to downwind here. It's just going to take wind. Like we're not going to be relying on any sort of like swell creator other than just solely wind here.
0: So how do you envision catching one of those waves
2: here? Chris, i don't know however i can i mean i mean are you
0: thinking shipping in and then pumping out to where the angle starts running the beach more
2: i mean probably or, only because i'm a terrible stand-up paddleboarder but i mean those dudes are like uh, flat water starting stand-ups now so i don't yeah that's just another freaking skill set you have to learn i guess
0: i've literally stood on a stand-up board for like two minutes total my whole life
2: yeah i mean that's where adam's gonna crush us all is the downwind game because he's doing the sub thing i mean i've yeah. fished off of him and stuff but like catching a wave just seems really foreign to me
0: okay well it's something to aim for i mean i'd be happy just chipping in and doing you know longer runners you can call them whatever you want but like yeah i've gotten some moments doing runners where you get out far enough to where the angle kind of starts to change and you're you start to see it and you're like holy shit i just stood there for like two blocks and i didn't twitch a muscle i just stood there right you know and the waves it's almost going back out to sea because it's combining with some other weird wave
2: yeah i mean we'll see what happens with it i'm still i still don't feel like i've um mastered any discipline <laughs> so uh it'll probably just be another one of those things that i'm you know, mediocre at.
0: I think you're being pretty humble, dude. You're ripping on the, on the prone setup, man. Yeah. It's,
2: I, like I said, man, it's, you know, I think with surfing, it's a lot more skill set based and less equipment based and the foil game, man, it's almost like 50 50, you know, like you can get on gear that'll just like make you better. And I've seen that with you know my like your progression now it's like if i can just get on good a good stiff system it can make me better than i actually am It like in wave time has so much to do with it
1: too like you know like like ha- like having the right setup that'll still like turn and do aggressive things but like give you lots of wave time like still like keep your progression like ramped up and i mean i feel like that that Takuma that you're on is like ideal that's like yeah. the best foil
2: for that yeah best foil worst connection system on the market
1: <laughs> so <laughs> so
2: I, I don't think we
1: we've talked about this yet like like how's, how's your takuma up? oh we're gonna
2: go through the I mean, I mean, role. I
1: mean, I mean. You don't have to do the whole thing, but, 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 just like, what mask are you using?
2: <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to bring that up. Um,
1: what, what mask are you using now? We, we so, don't need the
2: history. Okay. Well, I'm on the Risk now. Um, I had a terrible experience with another brand that I want mentioned mention because everyone's trying to optimize, and they just built a really shitty mast but either way so i'm on the Sadrus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah yeah. i'm on the yeah. Sadrus. i have a, a custom stringy fuse that i'm running on the takuma um and then i'm running pri- i mean my daily driver is the twelve i've got that 11 and a half uh cane blunt on the back no shim yeah. anymore i was base plate shimming when i was riding that black eagle but i got one of pedagose boards which i think are neutral the boxes are neutral and uh yeah i took the base plate shim out i had a tail shim but i i feel like it like stringy's angle of attack is more than the stock takuma fuse so i don't want to be like pushing water by creating too much lift yeah so um, took all that stuff that makes out.
1: sense yeah. And um and you obviously like the lightweight of that Sager setup. I mean, but like is is that weight like I don't know, you've ridden both the aluminum one and now you have the carbon one. Like is the light is the lighter weight a game changer? No, I can't
2: tell the difference. Okay.
1: <laughs> um but again it and- might be
2: my skill set, you know, like if if I was like Adam Bennett's or someone who's like doing these crazy turns, then it might make a difference. But where I'm at now, no, I think stiffness in your system is exponentially more important than the weight of, yeah. of the foil.
1: Um, and, and you're on that 1210, which is like a, it's not like the fastest, it's, not, it's, it's, it's thick. It's not the fastest foil. It, it definitely prioritizes like other things over speed and efficiency. Um, and you don't feel like in any way that, that 19 millimeter wide mast is like holding it back at all. No,
2: no, it yeah. felt, it felt better because it was stiffer and I'll, yeah, sacri- yeah, yeah. I'll sacrifice that for width and the mast. Yeah, well, well, I mean, but like at some point it's going to be an issue,
1: right? Like if you were to use that mass with like a lift one twenty, it probably wouldn't be as happy because that that nineteen millimeter wide mass would be like draggier in that context. But it, but, it, but like it sounds like you've got a great data point that like like in the context of something at twelve hundred square centimeters, uh, that mass and the drag. Not a problem, right? Not an, yeah, not an issue. Nice. Maybe, yeah,
2: like maybe like the lift 120 that has a little bit of a, a higher dropout speed, it would be more relevant. Yeah, I mean, I can go so slow on that 1210 and not drop out. Yeah.
1: And, and, and have you ridden that foil? Like, that's that's a unique thing about that foil. Like, I've even ridden like other foils around that same size that like didn't have that like low stall speed, like that 1210. That's a really special foil,
2: yeah. They they got the wing dialed. That's about the only thing. (laughs) Chris, we we talked about your gear. Oh yeah. Um yeah.
1: ad nauseum. So uh, I feel like we've talked about that enough. Um yeah, um Matt, what 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 else you got? Um we kind of already talked
0: about like what we're working on, what Chris is goals are when don't you think Chris is there any other any other thing you're trying to work towards
2: um no I mean I just I really want to be a waterman and not just defined by like one particular discipline I think that's important and I think um I mean that's kind of like a never-ending goal this is something that you like strive for but there's never really a top to it so that's kind of good for me because I tend to uh, get halfway decent at sports and then move on. I have like ADD with sports, I guess. I, I did it with surfing and um, kind of did it with kiting, to be honest. And yeah. now I'm like, now I'm full circle on it. Now I'm like, oh, there's relevance for all of these disciplines. You just yeah. have to, you know, like I said, let the let the conditions dictate what you do.
0: Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's actually one of our questions on here is how has it changed your overall relationship with water sports, but there you go. And I think that might be the answer for a lot of us. We just haven't been able to articulate it that well, honestly.
2: Yeah, so, and I mean, it's it probably means something different to everyone. You know, Yeah, I think that's where I'm at right now. Um, and I still want to, you know, travel and surf good waves. I just, you know, like I said, you got to scratch that itch.
0: Yeah. yeah how do you how do you, how's your because surfing is such an angsty endeavor i'm so fucking antsy
2: <laughs> when it comes I to surfing
0: he, do you think four links helped that
2: yes absolutely yeah and i mean even when we were living in max it was always um you know scarcity especially on a point and a like a point where there's beginners it's just i don't know i call it the harami fuck you sport yeah but i do i do love it you know so it's that's the catch 22 um but yeah i mean i think foiling as a whole as as it grows and as people start to see like what the potential is it's going to open up a lot of spots that that aren't even really surfable and, or like moderately surfable, which I think will help alleviate some tension in, in the surf community. Um, that and like I guess wave pools will keep people from Middle America traveling to surf spots too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I I used to think that way, but I, I I kind of rethink it because like what we have here in like South Carolina, like really like skews it. Like having like I don't know like traveled like I don't know I went, went to Maine over the summer, and like foiling is not gonna alleviate anything in Maine <laughs> because like 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 the surf spots are so small, and like the, and it's not like outside of those surf spots there's like other like like foilable spots like that's it like that's like all those like like rocky coves have is that one spot. Whereas here, like, we've got, like, the good surf spot, like, the washout. And then, like, miles and miles of, like, less good surf spots, which is great for foiling. Right? So, like, here, foiling, like, opens up, like, miles and miles and miles of stuff. But, like, not all geographic locales are like that. Um, And, like, there's a lot of geographic locales where, like, the only foil spots are surf spots. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense.
2: I'd be curious to see, get like a main surfer's perspective of it because it does seem like it would be less of a crowd there, especially through those colder months where they're getting, I mean, I know it fires up there.
0: Yeah. I mean, a spot is just a spot, you know, like there's, I've yet to foil a wave that I should have been shortboarding pretty much right because they're they're mutually exclusive
2: (laughs) but he does have a good point with the cliffs and stuff too but i mean that's kind of similar geography to um like central california and there's a bunch of foil spots there i think it's just you know the atlantic is more fickle overall
0: yeah you got any advice we're getting like new foilers like on the reg now any advice for them
2: for the newbies yeah. Yeah. Don't snake me. <laughs>
0: Chris loves fighting. <laughs> Bring me, fuck
2: you. He's, he, yeah. he's from West <laughs> Virginia, man.
0: Don't fuck around.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you're, if you're dedicated to it, you'll stick around. If you want like instant gratification, then, you know, I'll won't ever see you again because <laughs> it's definitely, you know, you gotta swallow your ego you can't be like narcissistic about it um and just be okay with sucking for a while and then it's just I mean it's kind of a similar learning curve to surfing but with surfing you have however many decades of iterations of gear and you know I guess you could go like to a surf camp and do that whole thing if you wanted to um whereas foiling is just newer and there's a lot less people to kind of guide you in the right direction because there's so few people doing it. Um, that's, I mean, I, I do think that there's going to be a point, maybe not in, in uh, you know, the Southeast, uh, but definitely, you know, areas like California and Hawaii where, um, and you're already seeing it some places in Australia where it's becoming an issue already. And just the ability to like, do two furs and three furs. Um, you know, that kind of that pisses most surfers off. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm I think it'll be interesting to see how it grows and how beaches handle the growth. Um I mean I think when it boils down to it, you know, most surfers' perspectives of it is uh, it's like the new stand-up paddleboard, but it just we can do cooler turns.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: so yeah it'll be interesting i mean the surf population here specifically is like i think it's it's crowded here because we have so many colleges around us and i think people really like the idea of being a surfer without putting the time to actually learn that skill set they just want to like walk around on the beach with their board and go float in the water i see that a lot here so i think our growth is going to be different than than places that have like proper waves um so yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. I, we, we've definitely, you know, like I said, I've only been doing it a year, so y'all could probably tell me better uh, than I could, but you know, we've seen a couple new people kind of get into it um, here recently. And I don't, I don't know. They're all in like beginner gear still, I guess. I don't know. So i will be curious to see like who kind of sucks it up and, uh, you know, takes the time to learn it and actually get good at it. I think that's going to be, that's going to be the real thing. I mean, I guess Jackson did it. I mean, he basically picked it up and then just disappeared for a month and came back and was like turning and pumping and stuff. So, yeah, that's one way to do it. But I've also surfed with Jackson like the entire time I've been surfing. Like when I was learning how to surf, he was like a peer regulator. yeah we surfed his whole life yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah and 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 those people are really rare for like successful foilers i feel like you know like i I don't know like like chris like you learned to surf like as an adult as i did right and like and like i don't know like that that and the kiting but like it's way different from somebody who's been like a ripping surfer since they were nine years old and hasn't done anything else like hasn't done kiting i don't know like like most foilers are still people who have like changed and adapted in water sports multiple times already in their life and and like and and that that ability to change and adapt is essential i feel like
2: yeah i I agree i I think we're going to see a lot more people coming from the whole wing uh, wingding background than from the surf background, just from the nature of, of, of surfers. Um, Did which is guys- going to be in- Go ahead, interesting. Guys. Sorry. That's going to be interesting because not at least the wingers that I've seen around here, uh, they don't necessarily have that like surf etiquette background. <laughs> so there might, there might be a lot of educating depending on where these new foilers come from.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, mean, like, thankfully, though, like, I feel like those people are going to be way more likely to, like, start out at the, like, at the foil spots than try to start out at the surf spots. Like, if you're coming from, like, a wind sports background, you're probably going to end up at the wind sports spots to start out. So, like, we're going to be seeing those people, hopefully, at, like, the wind sports spots that we're already at. And we can guide them and regulate them from there you know like and that and that to me is less scary than like like a surfer buying a foil and like paddling out for a session at the pier tucker there long tucker <laughs> fucking tucker
0: yeah uh-huh. I, saw, I saw dude i saw him yesterday he's like dude i finally got a good wave at the pier the other day i was like oh fuck dude <laughs> Bastard. Bastard. <laughs> what
1: have i done
2: chris yeah. it's your
1: fault too it's your fault too General- i gave him the foil you gave him the board
2: oh god general psa (laughs) stay the hell away from crowded surf spots surfers still have priority and all it's going to take is one beginner foil kook to hit a tourist or to hit another surfer it's going to be game over and then i'm really going to be pissed off so don't do that
0: (laughs) it's already pretty pissed
2: (laughs) dude have have you listened to the lace ain't that
0: swell with uh jerry lopez and uh stacy peralta
2: no but i'm about to after
0: uh, this uh, dude at the end of it they start talking about foiling and stuff because those guys are so zenned out right and the ats yeah. guys are not They're, they hate foiling but they live in australia so they get good ways all the time but like yeah stacy and and jerry just like they have it so dial just the fact that you gotta let it go like right. if surfing's not the thing to do that day don't surf stacy at one point he's like i wish i could ride whitewater he's like it's everywhere <laughs> think about if you could be stoked riding whitewater and like holy shit that's basically what foiling is yeah, you know in yeah. a way
2: D- jerry lopez you said
0: it's jerry lopez and stacy peralta they're like doing yeah. a tour because they just did this jerry lopez movie and yeah, stacy yeah. peralta yeah. like wrote it and directed it and shit so they're doing the the tour it's a really good interview though um, yeah I'll, I'll those guys have been kiting and foiling for a long time
2: um, yeah i mean that's yeah another testament to being open-minded about sports i don't know how like the surf culture in general just got so stuck like it's just it's this interview is really cool because like
0: multiple times vaughn is like trying to talk to jerry about what it's like to be mr pipe Mm -hmm. and he won't even engage he really won't he's just Mm -hmm. like yeah i mean some people thought i was mr pipe for a while and then it was someone else and now it's someone oh, else man. He, he's just completely let it go Fucking yeah what a guy and i'm like fuck if i was that guy
1: i'd be like fuck yeah mr pipe
2: <laughs> fuck let, you me, let me patent that
1: <laughs> what a guy yeah yeah now we're a mediocre foiling path podcast but i'm just gonna put it out there jerry if you're listening and you want to be on the podcast we'll have
0: you on oh dude let me see he's 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 on our list He's way down now. Like we need to get sponsors before we can get him on here. He's here though. <laughs> That's good. That's good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's yeah, well, Chris.
0: I'm gonna check this guy off right now. Check that box.
2: Yeah. Who's next? You wanted to use the next interview? Um, or? Fucking
0: Adam. Oh, naturally. nice. Oh, nice. dude. So I'm going to Mexico next week, and I'm gonna try to interview Andy because he's gonna be down there. He's on the list. He's my buddy from Colorado that i just got foiling in the last year maybe two years he's fo- winging on this lake in durango oh. he's completely frothing like insane Wait, so he hasn't been in waves yet not really no oh. he's a lifelong surfer though i've known him 20 years in mexico um, oh he'll get it dialed oh yeah nice. i'm actually going to try to if i have room i'm going to take my 170 because he's on the lift stuff and try to try to get them in the waves.
2: We should do like a part of an episode on like traveling with gear because I'm I've yet to like get on a plane with any oh, foil gear. Oh,
0: dude! When I had the go foil rig, you know how the fuse <laughs> is attached to the mast. The first yeah. time I arrived in Mexico, my fuse was just sticking out of the side of my fucking bag. <laughs> <laughs> <And> I just soaked <laughs> a hole through my big duffel. <laughs>
2: I mean the like the front wing. I don't know. Are they gonna think it's a weapon? Are they gonna believe you when you say that you can like ride this thing? Uh, they've
0: seen enough, I think.
2: Yeah, uh, that's that'll be interesting. I don't I don't know if the the spot where we were in Mex is is ready for foiling yet. I think Baja's <laughs> a little bit more uh, accepting of it because it's just an extension of California at this point. Yeah, Mainland, mainland's a bit a bit different. Plus, like I don't know, man. Like I don't know. I mean, why? Side question:
1: Why would you travel with foil gear? Well, just to not get skunked. Like That's I'm going true. to yeah. surf, yeah. but like
0: I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm. I think. I think it's impossible to get skunked anymore as long as you're not so stubborn to not bring your gear. Just like, make sure it's in the truck. Make sure right. it's in the bag.
2: You know. Definitely. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I don't know. I'd be interested to just show up at our spot and just... Because, dude, there's still, there's still like, some local guys that are riding, like, Elf shoe shortboards down there, like, (laughs) 90s style, you know? And, like, when we got there, like, the whole, like, longboard thing wasn't really... I mean, there was, like, some old California guys riding high pros, but, like, you know, the whole, like, nose ride discipline thing, like, there were a couple guys doing it, but it definitely wasn't a thing, and the locals didn't know... What it was so i don't know
0: yeah i think that's the difference between like a longboard spot that's the only time you're gonna really have a problem with surfers I, in my opinion i don't i don't think foils really belong in like real waves
2: I, I just no don't. well dude <laughs> that one what's that one dude that is like all those bluffs oh no, he's an australian guy he's like it's like i could just imagine going over the falls with that foil and he's no. leashed he's on a no. leash dude so you can't even get away from it
0: yeah, so, I mean, dude, fine, but like, it's not for me. And I'm not having that discussion yeah. with the guys in the lineup that are trying yeah. to surf those
2: man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, I, yeah. Could you imagine the vibe that you would get? <laughs> like, those are like the core surfers. Oh
0: <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> awkward yeah. science. Awkward, awkward science. So, okay, let,
1: let, let's wrap this up. Yeah,
0: I, I want to go surf. Gotta, I have to check out the out surf
2: can, dude.
1: What's that?
0: Are you checking, checking it? The surf okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it looks yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: You guys should go. I got to go. go to work. Let's go. Let's right. go. Later. Let's go. Hey, Chris. Okay. Thanks, uh, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for Hi. coming Chris, on. thank you.
2: Anytime. See you guys in like 10 minutes. All right. Later. Later. <laughs>